Debuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here in our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my home school, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So welcome back to the podcast. It was two weeks since I was here last, and I am super excited to be back and just talk about some things that are simple. I just got in from feeding my goats dandelions, and it was such a natural stress reliever. You know, in a world where we medicate ourselves constantly and where we are always, you know, stressed and anxious and feeling the hustle and bustle of the culture, to go out in my yard and pick a bunch of dandelions and stand there and feed them to the goats, I would beg to say is more of a stress reliever than most modern day things. I really am serious. I stood there and I, first of all, I looked out amongst all the dandelions and I think dandelions are one of the most beautiful things against, you know, that bright yellow flower against the green grass background after a cold winter. It's just so beautiful. Anybody knows me knows my favorite color is yellow. So maybe that's why I'm a little partial to dandelions. But we have a ton of dandelions. Like I would say that there are parts of our grass that are more yellow than green. Now, most people would look at that and say that, you know, you need weed control. Well, not out here on Little Hobby Farm Life. We don't have a perfectly manicured garden, uh, I mean, or yard, and I'm here for it. Like, I love the dandelions. I think they're beautiful. I don't know whoever decided that they were something that needed to be pulled out of the yard. Um, Google it. Go look up dandelions. They have so many health benefits for people, for um your animals, you know, I feed them to the goats, they detoxify, they're actually necessary and good for the soil. So I don't know who decided dandelions needed to be, uh, you know, chemically controlled, but they are just, I think, one of God's beautiful creations. So I just stood out there, it's a warmer day today, picked a whole bunch of dandelions, fed them to my goats. The goats were going crazy for them. I was super excited because even Jellybean, our newer goat, we got her this past summer, who's always been a little timid, a little more standoffish. She came right over and I hand fed her dandelions. So that to me was a wonderful stress reliever. Sometimes we look to modern day technology to help us with our stress that we need like, you know, besides medications and things, we need like... um you know, to do certain exercises, or if we just had, you know, this whatever plan, we would be more or, or less anxious and stressed. And 
Sometimes it's as easy as going and feed some, feeding some goats some dandelions. So that's what I just got in from doing. Things here on the hobby farm. Spring is springing. We don't have a garden at all this year started. I don't know if we'll be getting to one. Um, but keeping it real simple in terms of I'm just doing it for fun. I'm not doing it for any other reason than if we do our garden, it's for fun. You know, and of course, health reasons and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But I'm not getting super over the top. I mean, you can go on Instagram and feel like you have to grow your own food. You have to be a homesteader. You have to follow all these things, right? You can get really, really sucked into that. You can go on Instagram or the internet and it'll tell you, you have to eat organic. You have to grow your own food. You have to do this. And I mean, I agree with all of it. I do think we should grow our own food. I do think we should eat organic. I do think it's important to know how to grow your own food, but I'm also not gonna get obsessed with it. I would just like to go back to Little House on the Prairie days when you kind of follow your instinct. You have a garden for the sake of, you know, this is what we do. Um, and it's not because you're trying to compete with all the other people who have gardens or you're trying to live up to the Instagram expectation simply because this is what you do. Um, so we're kind of a little behind, I think, on garden prep. I do have my greenhouse, which we have this enormous greenhouse that's been sitting empty for a while. So this year I was like, just for fun, I want to grow some herbs in there. And so I have some pots with some seeds. They got off to a slow start as well. <laughs> I may have to just go buy like a bunch of herbs that are already started and put them in the greenhouse and then hopefully just take care of them from there. But we'll see how it goes. Again, I'm doing it for fun. I do love learning about herbs and the medicinal properties and natural healing. Um, something about our homeschool this year, aside from practically unschooling this year, that's a whole nother story. We are learning um, right now we did this whole unit this year on plants and animals of the Bible. And the beginning half of the year, we did like animals and domesticated animals and all kinds of studies about different animals and where they found in the Bible, just all kinds of different stuff. And now the second half of the year, we've been doing botany. And we were also doing natural remedies and herbs. And I just got fascinated by um, the whole thing that, you know, God created plants and they do have purposes for us. And that kind of intrigued me. Now, again, you don't have to get obsessive about it. I'm not going to go start selling essential oils. I'm not going to go to say that we must only use natural, you know, herbs. And I'm, I'm not going overboard. I'm just learning and I just want to know more. And it's just kind of a hobby. Um, so I'm growing the herbs and that's, we'll see how that goes. And of course, on the hobby farm, we have our new puppy and her name is Mama. She's almost four months. She is overall a really good dog. And, uh, you'll see her on my Instagram. I promise I'm not turning it into a puppy page, but sometimes I just got to post. She's so cute. So that's all been good. Life here on the hobby farm is good. I feel like I've really been getting back to simple again these days just trying to focus on doing things for the sake of simplicity not like uh you know it's so crazy because even being living simple can like get complicated because you can think oh I have to do this or I can't do that there's no rules it's just simplify in your life the things that are bogging you down or are distracting you uh this year I've 
weeded out a lot in my life and I'm really looking to get back to more simple things. So one of the things I also wanted to talk about, that's just giving you a little recap of life here on the hobby farm about homeschooling. I do want to do an episode coming up, a special homeschool episode, maybe on getting started in homeschooling, maybe on lessons in the rearview mirror from our homeschool. If any of those topics interest you, let me know because I want to talk about what you want to hear. But I have just in the recent weeks been encountering uh, women who are um, asking me about homeschooling. You know, they have itty bitty ones and they're interested in it and want to get started. And so I would love nothing more than to be able to use my story of our homeschooling journey to encourage others. Again, go on the internet and it's going to make it so complicated, right? You think homeschooling has to be so complicated. And in actuality, it really is a simple journey and it can be simple and it can be lovely and it can be hard and that's one of the things I want to talk about because choosing this path doesn't mean it's going to be easy no path is easy and that brings me actually to the kind of the topic that I really wanted to talk about today which is our joy and our joy in the Lord and not in circumstances so I've been doing a Philippians Bible study at my church and um I uh, am finishing up today. Actually, as I'm recording this, today's our last day. And it has been a game changer for me. I mean, I've known the book of Philippians. I've studied the book of Philippians. Um, but this in particular, I've learned so much, which is with anything in the Bible, right? You can study the same book, passage, verses, whatever, for years and years and years. And God will always reveal new things to you. I feel like he did that for sure, this study. There were so many things I learned that I hadn't known before. There were so many things that I just saw that weren't revealed to me before. And, you know, that's what's so beautiful about studying the Bible. His word is alive and active and powerful. And, you know, we really can never stop um reading it we're never gonna <laughs> we're never going to know it all um it's always going to real reveal something new to us and importantly it actually helps us in our sanctification process to have our mind renewed right to be transformed by the renewal of our mind and the holy spirit um, is alive and the holy spirit is active in our lives and one of those ways that the spirit is able to transform us is when we're communicating with the lord and reading his word and so I just love this, uh, you know, studying the Bible, and I've just loved this Bible study that I've been doing. But one of the things, you know, that's really been on my mind this week is joy, which is Philippians is the book of joy. Uh, Paul's book of joy is sometimes referred to because that theme is just so evident in there. And I mean, I've known this for many years, and I'm sure you do too, but maybe some of you out there don't realize that Paul, who wrote the book of Philippians, was writing this letter to the church at Philippi, and he was writing it while he was actually imprisoned. And there's nowhere in this book where Paul's like, woe is me, my life is so hard. He is writing a letter of encouragement to the fellow believers in the church at Philippi. It's also like a thank you note because they have given gifts to him and they've supported him. And then he is in turn encouraging them. He encourages them um, to have joy in the Lord. He encourages them not to have division. He encourages them to have unity. Um, it's just four books, the book of Philippians, but it's so rich and full of so many good truths. 
And so even though he was writing to the, um, to the church at Philippi back then, he's writing to all of us today, too, because God's word is still applicable to us today. And so, you know, it's one thing to notice, though, that Paul, while in prison, is not over there saying, like, get me out of here. You know, I'm wrongfully accused. This isn't fair. Fair, you know, he's not in there being anxious. In fact, in one portion of it, he tells us, do not be anxious for anything. Um, and he's not anxious. Now he's awaiting to find out really if he's going to be executed even after his imprisonment. Imagine that in your life, you're in prison, you didn't really do anything wrong, and you may be executed. And you're going to go and you're going to write a letter to your fellow Christians to encourage them. You're not writing the letter saying, get me out of here, you know, hashtag free Paul, right? He's not saying, you know, justice for me, this is wrong. He's not saying that at all. His full intention is a focus on the Lord. He is so laser focused on the gospel and on his kingdom purpose and on the Lord. And we really need to get that these days as Christians, because I think all of us, myself included, I am not over here like I figured this out, myself included, but these are the things that I'm learning, is that it's all almost like we we trust in the Lord, we say we trust in Him, but is He really Lord over our whole lives? Or are there certain things that we're still holding on to for ourselves? Like Paul, he was over there completely committed to the cause of Christ. And while he was committed to the cause of Christ, he had joy in it. He wasn't complaining. He also talks about that in, um, in the book of Philippians about not complaining or disputing. He isn't complaining. He isn't saying, woe is me. He's not anxious. He's not saying, like, what's going to happen? He is fully 100% confident and trusting in the Lord. Although I will caveat that with saying he also does talk about the thorn in his side. So, of course, let's let's not say, he, you know, he has a thorn in his flesh. He is not perfect. He even shows us that, you know, that says he has a weakness. But yet we know that um, God supplies uh, for each one of us all that we need. He will supply for each one of us when we are uh, wrongfully accused of something in prison, when we're, um, you know, Paul talks about in chapter four, he knows what it's like to be in want. He knows what it's like to have, yet he is content in all things. And like that is really the epitome of our joy. Our joy is not based on circumstances. Our joy is not based on what is happening to us or around us or to others. Our joy really comes from the Lord. For many, many years, and I've talked about this before, I struggled with worry and anxiety. Just in the past couple of months, I've been really doing a lot of heart work with the Lord. I'll talk more about that maybe in the future, but I've been... um, using some resources and just in some wisdom from my pastor and just different things have really been understanding the root cause of my worry and anxiety. And that has been huge. So even though I would say the past few years, I am not an anxious person. I am not up at night worrying about things. It rears its ugly head here and there but it is not consuming like it used to be for me. 
And, you know, looking back, I was a Christian when even though I was anxious and worried earlier on in my walk with the Lord. But I look at it now and I realize I wasn't truly fully surrendering and giving everything to God. Because when you're worried and anxious, you're really still trying to control things. And it's really saying you don't trust God. Because I remember fully, and when I was in the middle of like worry and anxiety full on, I remember being like, well, I trust God, but what if the outcome isn't what I want? You know, we live in this very comfortable, we want, we have this mindset that we want comfort and we want ease. And we have to take that out of our minds and be like, no, we are not going to have comfort and ease. Paul was in jail. Paul was chained. Paul did not have freedom. But Paul wasn't over there saying, this isn't the outcome that I want. He just is fully trusting the Lord. And so that is huge for us because I feel like in our culture, our Christian culture, we can be very much like, I want the t-shirt that says I trust God. I want the bumper sticker, you know, that says, you know, I have faith. I want to talk about God all the time and I want to encourage others in the Lord. But sometimes where the rubber meets the road, do you really? And that was me for a long time. It was like, yes, I believe God has a good purpose for me and I trust him and I have faith. And then unforeseen circumstances would happen and my faith would waver or deep down I would be anxious and worried and up at three in the morning and consumed and paralyzed even by fear. I no longer live that way. Like I said, it can rear its ugly head here and there, but I am immediately, if not quickly, maybe not immediately, but pretty quickly able to extinguish that. And I see where it's coming from now. And I also see, and Paul um, warns against this also in the book of Philippians, I also see that we allow the enemy to get in there and he gets a foothold when we are um, anxious or worried. I mean, it's literally saying, I don't trust God. Because you either do or you don't. You either trust him with every single thing or you trust him with nothing. You can't just say, I trust him, but if this thing doesn't work out the way I want, then I'm going to be upset. You have to get to the place where you say, I trust him in all things. Because life here on earth is temporary. Our circumstances here on earth are temporary. And often our circumstances here on earth are purposeful for us so that we grow closer to the Lord and that we grow spiritually. And it's not always going to feel good and it's not always going to be easy. And that's part of it. Having faith doesn't stop trials from happening. It helps you to get through the trials. And so you know, I look at this this book of um, in Philippians and this book of joy, and I'm like, you know, it's so simple, simple joy. Why can't we do it? It's because we are really trying to control things, and when we do that, we're making ourselves greater than God. Not that we are ever greater than God. We're trying to be, though. Like, you're actually saying, I know the better outcome for me. 
And that's what I did for many years. When I would worry about an outcome and the worst possible scenario I would worry about, that's me literally saying I know better than God. And I know there's people out there that are like, but you don't know what I'm going through and this is hard and I've been through trauma and I've been through trials and I totally get it. I do. Believe me, I've been through trauma and trials that I don't talk about on here. So I get it. And I also know that Paul gets it. Shipwrecked, beaten, persecuted, maybe executed, you know, all these things. And what does he say? He wants nothing more than to know Christ. And he's over there encouraging others, even when the circumstances may seem out of control. He's completely focused on the one who is in control. And so we have to stop saying like, well, I trust God, but what if this happens? I trust God, but there is no room for that because that just gives the enemy a foothold. As soon as you say, but that just is like, oh, the enemy's like, I'm in because there's doubt. It's one tiny seed of doubt that can grow. We have to say, I trust him no matter what. And it's not always going to feel good. I get it. And sometimes we're going to walk through tragedies. I get it. You know, it really reminds me of, um, you know, Jesus. He asks someone in the, uh, in the Bible, he says, do you want to be well? And I think you, we, many of us at times really don't want to be well. Because being well means if you're well with your soul, you're, you're truly trusting him in all things. And I think for a long time, I thought, I've got this Christian thing. I'm well. It's well with my soul. But then something would happen and I would falter. And being well in my soul really means being healed in every aspect of my life so that I say to the Lord, yes, 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 I trust you in all things, in everything. And let's not confuse joy with happiness. You know, it's easy for people to go, oh, well, that person, I've seen this happen where they'll say that person, oh, they're always so positive. Aren't they just, you know, it's almost like, they're cynical of people that have joy. Listen, if you have the joy of Jesus, no one can take that from you. And it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. If you're a little poly sunshine or they think it's like, you know, fake joy. If you have the joy of Jesus, that radiates out of you. You can't fake that. I mean, look at Paul. Are we going to call him a Pollyanna? Are we going to say he's fake joyful because he's over there? No, it's like you know that that's real. And so we we don't have to worry about, you know, cynical people or people that say, well, it's easy for you to have joy. You don't know what I'm going through. Like everybody's on their own walk. You're on your own walk with the Lord. I'm on my own walk with the Lord. And boy, does it go in so many different ways. Sometimes it's smooth. Sometimes it gets a little rough. Sometimes I take a detour and he has to bring me back. Sometimes there's big mountains to climb. We're all at different places in our walk. So we can't compare somebody else's joy to ours. 
right? But we're all on the same team. I talk about this all the time. We are all on the team, king, like the kingdom team here. If our cause is for the cause of Christ, then we should be so united in that, that we shouldn't be worrying about if somebody else has too much joy or not enough joy or whatever it is, right? We are linking arms because we have the same goal, and that is for the gospel. See, I think a lot of us have our goals, our aspirations, our dreams, our desires, and then we try to make them fit in with the Lord's. Are you ready to give up everything, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, and allow His will to become your will? Because what He wants for you is far better than what we think our dreams and aspirations are and our goals. If you're walking with the Lord, your dreams, your aspirations, your goals are going to come from Him. They're not going to be your own idea. They're going to be His will at work in your life. See, we get it backwards. We make our ideas. We make our goals. We make our dreams. We make our desires. And then we ask the Lord to give those to us. We don't go to Him first and say, Lord, I empty myself of you. I surrender my life to you. I'm going to walk with you and I'll go wherever you lead. One of the things our Bible study ladies we've been doing is this little challenge every morning that we've um, challenged each other that every morning we say, you know, Holy Spirit, direct us today. And then I've said in my prayers, Holy Spirit, direct me today, lead me today. And then when I get off track, redirect me back because I know myself very well that I'm going to get off track, that something can set me off and I'm already focused on the circumstances, on the things of this world, and I'm not letting him lead me. I'm letting my own will and desires lead me. So we have to constantly be redirected back to him. And you know what? It's as simple as just asking him to do it. Lord, lead me. And when I get off track, redirect me back. Because ultimately, we want our attitudes, our actions, our behaviors to be Him at work in us. Not us at work in us, and then we ask the Lord to help us. We want everything to be Him at work in us. Does that make sense? Is that a scary thought? Are you like, I don't want to give up control? I promise you, giving Him control of every aspect Every single aspect of your life is the only way to live. The second we start to try to control things is when we're going to mess it up because we are not meant to be in control. It's actually, and it sounds crazy. Like you'll be like, well, that's a crazy way to live out of control. No, there is so much freedom in letting the Lord control because he's God, right? He's so much bigger and greater and more powerful than anything we can imagine. Why wouldn't I want him to control my life? I don't want to control my life. I mess up all the time. So the freedom comes from knowing he's in control. And then that's where the joy comes in. The joy isn't because Paul's in jail and he's beaten and persecuted and, you know, all these things. The joy doesn't come from that. The joy comes from knowing that Jesus is right there in the jail with him. And Paul realizes that the cause of Christ is actually furthering the gospel. The gospel is being furthered when he's in jail because people are witnessing this. 
just truly amazing. And of course, the biggest thing of all is he wrote this book while he was in jail. And so, of course, the gospel was furthered. And of course, we are still reading it today. Something he wrote during a horrible time. We are still being encouraged by it today. Can you look at your life and say, this is the worst thing ever, but maybe 2,000 years from now, people are still going to be encouraged by it? That's the power of God working in Paul, and that's the power that gives Paul joy. So I want to hear what you think. Do you have joy? Are you saying, I just need to be more joyful? Let me, let me fill you in on something. You can't force yourself to be more joyful. You can't try harder to be more joyful. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's evidence of the power of the Spirit working in you. And so we don't produce fruit on our own. The Holy Spirit produces it in us. And it is um, a response. And it is a natural outpouring of that Holy Spirit working in us. So rather than saying, okay, I'm going to try harder to be more joyful, you're going to say, I'm not going to try hard at all. I'm going to give it all up to the Lord. And he will produce in you a joy like you have never known. Joy in the circumstances, joy in the trials, joy in everything. So let me know what you think. Uh, you can send me a message at Karen at simplelivingforhim.com. You can comment wherever you're seeing this. Please share this message with others. That just helps me, you know, get that out there to more people. And I hope that this blessed you in some way. I'd love to hear what you think. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus' name. Let me sing.